1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to Detroit Underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as podcasters. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the soul of Detroit. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, Emil Elric, coming to you live on the soul of Detroit with your old pal, Emil Elric. If you're watching us on Facebook Live... My cutout finally arrived. It's the only way I was able to watch those Michigan State oh, you football paid, games this season. I You paid money to have yourself in the stands. That's really cute. Did. Yeah. I, uh, I only wish I could have got that into Michigan Stadium, which was the only game this year that I, I truly missed. But uh, we have a full show for you today. Mark Fellhauer is here. Um, uh, allegedly working on uh, Sounders, uh, and uh, Sean Windsor is here, uh, allegedly making uh, cogent sounds. But we uh, we will see how that goes. We have a couple special guests today as well. Darren Nichols, the contributing columnist of the Detroit Free Press, who's going to be talking about his column on Kwame Kilpatrick's release and bringing up a topic that we had hoped to speak to Daniel Ferguson about today, which is if Kwame Kilpatrick is freed and he had a much stiffer sentence. Why is Bobby Ferguson still in prison with a lesser sentence? Uh, Daniel Ferguson was hoping to join us today, but he's waiting to hear back from his cousin Bobby, so we're giving him a rain check. Standing in is Mr. Mike Ratai Esquire, the uh, lawyer who so ably defended uh, Mr. Uh, Ferguson. In fact, uh, when I spoke to the jurors in the Kilpatrick trial, Mr. Ratai was one of their favorite attorneys, and in fact, he got the, uh, the, the, the charges that Mike argued were the charges that Bobby did not con- get convicted of. So, uh, so hopefully, uh, he'll be as effective an advocate for Bobby as he seeks to get out of prison. So, gentlemen, thank you jo- for joining us today. Good to be with you, ML. Great to be here. So we're brought to you on Facebook Live by Roy O'Brien Ford. We're going to be telling you a little bit more about Roy O'Brien later in the show. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. But first, these two guys have got a lot to talk about, and they're busy men, so we're going to dive right into the conversation. Um, Darren, why don't you start off by just giving us a recap of that column that you wrote in the Free Press right after Mr. Kilpatrick's release, which, if you listen to last week's show, you know, surprised me as much as anybody. Yeah, I mean, my column dealt with uh, sort of the mood of Detroit. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of people jumping up and down um, who were overly excited about it. Um, So I dealt with some of the uh, larger issues that were involved. Um, Black men that are uh, uh, in in the penal system, um, you know, and and people knowing uh, those their family members and others who are uh, within the prison system. Um, and, and that was a part, that was a, uh, a, a big victory in, ter- in terms of their eyes. Um, and this was in my, in my opinion, what I wrote was kind of like when, uh, the OJ verdict came down or when, uh, Marion Barry, um, resurfaced himself, 
um, that they that they did. Uh, it was more like that. They won over the system. You're talking about people who um, were upset over the emergency manager, upset over the Flint water crisis, and and um, uh, Governor Snyder not being charged in that, and and all of these bigger issues that Kwame Kilpatrick had a 28 year sentence that they thought was uh, too long, and to try to bring a full circle, I mean, one of the things that I found um, very interesting in what was going on with this, that this was one um, of a number of, of things that happened with Kwame Kilpatrick um, that made him, um, that, that it was about him. Um, all of the things that he's done throughout his career, it's been about him. Whether it was the uh, affair that he had with Christine Beattie, um, whether it was the Navigator, um, all of the other, uh, most of the issues that he dealt with, it, it was done singularly. And I think this this case or this, uh, him, his release was more about him. And he never thought about um, Bobby Ferguson, who he was tied to, who was his friend, who was noted as his friend, um, dating back to uh, teaching him how to ride a motorcycle. Um, and there was no mention of um, helping Bobby uh, get released as well, um, and 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 all of those things. I just I don't I don't understand why he is the example. Maybe because he he gets a lot of eyeballs. But you mentioned like the response from the city of Detroit, and so many times when you hear that, it is from the reverends, the pastors, the the, the civic leaders, but never the people on the street. Do you have a sense of what regular Detroiters feel about it? Um, I, I think they, they, I mean, first of all, Kwame Kilpatrick is a very polarizing figure. So you, either you loved him or you hated him. And so um, I think the, the mood that I got was, you know, 28 years was way too much. And uh, they thought that it was, that him getting out was more appropriate um, given the amount of time um, that he was uh, sent to prison. So, Mike, you, you've got a client who's sitting in prison right now who uh, Peter Carmanos didn't go to bat for, who didn't write kind of a sniveling letter to President Trump and who President Trump didn't see fit to free on his on his way out. Yeah, actually, I think Trump may be trying to free up some room in those prisons in case he's looking for a, a double-wide suite, but, uh, but we'll see what happens with that. What did you make of this when you heard that uh, Kilpatrick was getting out and that your client was staying in? Well, ML, I think it's kind of been said already uh, by Darren. I mean, um, you know, I, I was um, I, I was shocked. Number one, that 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 Trump actually did that, you know. Um, but um, in terms of Bobby not getting out and and Kwame getting out, I mean, obviously, I, I you know, I, I don't want to see anybody spend any more time in prison that they have to. But clearly, there's uh, there's a disconnect here. I mean how does Kilpatrick get out and Ferguson not get out? That was my visceral reaction. So, um, you know, I'm like a lot of people, uh, whether I'm his lawyer or not, it just doesn't seem fair. So, no. you know, my reaction was, uh, well, this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I think that was a lot of That people. puts a fine point on it. Did, yeah. Have you talked to him? Have you talked to Bobby? Uh, yeah, I'm able to communicate with Bobby uh, via a system called CoreLinks, which... I talk to a lot of my clients through wood that are, you know, doing prison time in the federal, 
in, in the federal system. And um, I've, I've been communicating with Bobby for the last seven years. Um, I mean, shoot, every morning he sends me a Bible verse. Um, sometimes I don't get to core links every day and I'll maybe miss four or five days and I'll have four or five days of Bible verses to catch up on. And, and, um, and, you know, just trying to keep him positive. And he is actually very positive for uh, the circumstances that he's in. So, uh, but to answer your question, yes, I communicate with him. What did he say when he heard that Kilpatrick was getting out, but that he was staying in? Well, you know, believe it or not, ML, I mean, he was like, I'm happy for him. And, um, you know, God is good and, and whatever happens, happens kind of thing, you know? So, um, he didn't express any sort of, um, animosity towards Kilpatrick or towards the situation that Kilpatrick's out and he's still in. I mean, it was, you know, well, it's even, it's it wasn't even, what you would expect. You know what I mean? It's made even worse by the fact that Bobby's a private citizen and, you know, the penalties are supposed to be harsher for public officials. It's why they have enhancements on there. Is, sure. is, is Bobby hopeful that he'll he'll get out sooner than what his sentence is? I, I guess the only way that I can answer that is to say that he's put his faith in, or he's put his fate in God's hands. And he knows that myself and Gerald Evelyn and Rob Higby are out there um, still battling for him. And he's going to take it one day at a time. Well, the problem is he needs somebody that, has a lot of money because to me this is really about who has money and who has power and that is why Kilpatrick is out that's a good point you know somebody asked me where the hell did Kilpatrick get money to pay off Trump or whatever I'm not sure that happened unless you guys have some other information I Um, I think Peter Carmanos was his benefactor there oh yeah well that makes sense he's been a donor to Trump and they seem to have a personal relationship and as if I recall correctly Carmanos uh, made a personal appeal while while visiting Trump at the White House as did Karen Witsit and uh, I think Sherry Gay Dagnogo so he's he's those are things I'm not aware of but that makes sense to me now that you mention it that uh, we know that uh, Carmanos was sponsoring uh, Kilpatrick um even before our trial or even before he was charged by the feds. Right. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. But, but yeah, certainly, um, Carmanos didn't, uh, uh, dole out any cash on Bobby's behalf. I mean, that's, that's, that's for sure. That's too bad because one of the jobs that Bobby did that no one's questioned was preparing the CompuWare headquarters site in downtown Detroit. So no you, you could he say that Kilpatrick uh, came later, that, that Ferguson and, and Carmanos go back a long way. Maybe maybe if Bobby gets out, he can dig another hole for Pete. Yeah, hey, what can uh. I tell you, bro? I mean, it is what it is, you know? I mean, um, you know, we're, I'm not done, and, and we're still f- trying to figure out ways to – deal with the situation and we are and um and we'll continue to try to keep get bobby out i mean that's all we can do at this point but um you know the trump train has sailed or the trump ship has sailed so we got to figure out something else out so many people keep mentioning that oh kwame's gonna have a role in this city he can uh, help out he's got a lot to get i think the mayor even said that he's got a lot to give i i mean from where i sit which is pretty far away. I just don't see him coming back here. Darren, do you think you would expect Kilpatrick to be back in Detroit? 
Uh, no, I don't expect him to be back in Detroit, but, you know, there are a lot of people. I, I think one of the things that people have said is that he can influence some of the elections um, that are going on in Detroit. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, um, given some of the people who are running, um, I'm sure that he will uh, try to uh, influence some of the, some of that race, um, something along those lines. Um, and and then there was also talk about him uh, uh, potentially uh, running for um, a a Senate seat, um, and meaning taking on right. Rashida Tlaib. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean. We first have to get past the first the three years of home confinement that he's on before we can even get to talk about him moving to Detroit. Right. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back. I agree with Darren. I, I don't think he's coming back myself personally. Why do you feel that way, Mike? Well, I mean, there's nothing for him here. Yeah. You know, no, if no family, right? I mean, the family's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, his kids are in Texas, I think, and um, his mom's down in Georgia, uh, outside Georgia. And uh, I believe his dad's down there too, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, I mean, except, what's what's for him here? Except you know? if if There's he can make if he can make money here, I would think he would come back here. I say that again. I'm sorry. I, I just feel you know if he can make money here, and to Darren's point in his column, you know, it's yeah. always about Kwame Kilpatrick. If he can separate people from their money here better than anywhere else, I th- I could see him coming back. Yeah, I mean, but who's going to do that? I mean, who's going to do business with him? Well, don't, don't forget, and, even I mean, when, when Carmanos hired him, he was working in Texas, and he was going to be a salesman. And I think uh, whatever salesman. you think of Kwame Kilpatrick, yeah, he, he could sell ice creams to Eskimos, and he, he uh, you know, can work anywhere with a job like that. So, so I mean, I think he's – and plus with our virtual economy, it seems to me that uh, you, could, you could make a living anywhere in the country from, from right where you're sitting. I'm sure he's trying to figure something out. I don't think we, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. What it's going to be, stay tuned, right? Right. And the only thing that I was going to add is that there's nothing left for him in Detroit other than media scrutiny. Right. As soon as he gets to Detroit, gets to Detroit, you know, every TV station is going to be over his house. Though every little move that he makes, he'll, he'll be in the media. So there's, I don't think there's a real necessity for him to be in Detroit. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with Darren on that. I mean, he, he would be under the microscope like nobody's business. So, I mean, you know, that's, never, that's not good for his brand, if you will. I think, Mike, you'll remember this. Um, when he was here in Detroit during the trial, it was just a regular old citizen who saw him going to that Walmart in Chesterfield Township to pick up uh, some cash that was wired to him. And that was someone who was, he probably thought was, you know, he was far enough from home that people wouldn't notice him. Although in Chesterfield Township, I think you have a six foot five black guy who looks like yeah. he could still play offensive line. He's going to stand out at the Walmart. But, um, but I mean, even, even a, a fairly innocuous transaction like that, somebody identified him, somebody ran their mouth and it ended up costing him a weekend uh, in the joint. So, I mean, he already knows wherever he goes, no matter how far from the city of Detroit, there are people who are going to be keeping eyes on him, rightly or wrongly. But I mean, you know, say what you want about Kwame Kilpatrick; he's he's not an idiot. I mean, he well in Atlanta he'll be a celebrity. Here it could be like Darren says; he could be a spectacle. Well, I mean, 
let's put it this way, that's not the smartest thing in the world to do is for an African-American male that's six foot five going to Chesterfield Township, which is <laughs> nothing but Trump country. I was out there this summer and I couldn't believe it. I, I wanted to get out of there so fast. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't drive fast enough to get out of there. Christ sakes. <laughs> so uh, you, you're not, not keen on that particular corner of Macomb County, Mike? Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, I saw Trump flags and Trump signs and people on the water with Trump flags on their stupid boats. I, w- I mean, I wish I would have had a bazooka or a 50 cal or something. <laughs> I mean, I just had to get out. Well, speaking of misuse of uh, of uh, weapons, what what do you think about our man from Wixom with the hockey stick? Uh, yeah, I, I I, I know you and I have spent a couple minutes yeah. uh, locked up for misuse of a hockey stick, but this guy's looking at, I don't know how long, 20 years or something. Yeah. What an idiot, you know, but whatever. I mean, we could talk about those morons until the cows come home, but anyways, yeah. Well, you, you call those guys job security. Those are some potential clients. So, <laughs> so. Well, I, I will tell you that, um, one of these, uh, fools that, um, tried to kidnap the governor did call me one of their family yeah. members and they didn't have enough money. So, I mean, you know, but you know, at this stage of my career, after doing this for 32 years, you kind of can pick and choose, you know, and I've represented all kinds, you know, I mean, murderers, you know, people charged with criminal sexual conduct and everything like that. The Hutari. The, well, the, but the Hutari, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I mean, you talk about overreaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the feds were thinking when they charged these people with sedition. What you saw on January 6th was sedition. Uh, the Atari case was blown out of the, you know, they built it up for two years. And within two days, we blew that case out of the water where Judge Roberts was scratching her head going, what the hell are we doing here? And as you guys know, she dismissed the case after, what, two months of the government's uh, proofs. Yep. She threw the case out. We didn't have to call a witness. We didn't even have to put up a defense. Well, and she took the extraordinary step in, of inviting the media come in with cameras to hear her throw it out. Correct. <laughs> or, or she met with the media afterwards. But I mean, yeah. I've never heard of a federal judge in, inviting the media into something like that. So she was totally disgusted with that. Uh, she was, I mean, and, and, I, and just as a sidebar on that, not to digress too far, but I was so pissed off during that trial that every time we had a sidebar, I asked the I, one time I told Judge Roberts, it says, I don't see a Chinese or a North Korean flags behind you. I said, I see an American flag. So, Judge, I got to ask you, what country are we in? And so after that, every time we had a sidebar and we'd walk away, she'd call me back and she'd put the microphone in my face and goes, do you have anything to say? And I'm like, the first time she did it, I'm like, I didn't know what she meant. And then I said, oh, yeah, what country are we in, Judge? And from that, <laughs> from that point forward, every time we had a sidebar, she insisted that I say it. So, Jeez, well, it sounds like uh, you may owe her a referral on that one. Uh, <laughs> I love Judge Roberts. She's, or, or she's co-counsel. And now she's she, on senior status, so I think one of the first judges that Biden will be appointing will be from Michigan. Because I think they, that, that creates a vacancy in federal court, doesn't it, Mike? No, not senior status. No. Oh, okay. Okay. No. I th- I thought maybe she was hanging on till the president no. changed. But no, okay. Judge Batani, obviously she's retiring because she's battling cancer. God bless her. Um, but uh, now there's an opportunity, I believe, one or two uh, spots for uh, the Biden administration to fill. Thank God. 
that we, you know, none of the judges here in the Eastern District of Michigan left while that moron was president. So um, we we were we were spared here in the Eastern District of Michigan, uh, not so much in the Western District of Michigan. But I've only been over there a few times in my career. For God's sakes, they didn't even close the courthouse down during this whole COVID period. The yeah, court's no, been wide open. I, I was out there, and, and uh, my wife Teresa Balls was out there too, and they didn't even have people spreading out or wearing masks in the courtroom. No, By the time I, mean, I got they, out there, yeah, and they and, did and talk about go, masks, but they want, yeah, I had a U.S. attorney that wanted me to go there uh, without getting into too much detail outside of cooperating with uh, witness in a clay case. Blah 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 blah. I ain't going over there. I says, you, you, you. I mean, you, you, you guys want to interview my client? We're gonna do it here. I ain't, you're not dragging them out to the world. I'm not going in that, that hole. No way. And now, of course, I believe they got it. Now, now they have to comply uh, with uh, the, the COVID rules. They, I mean, I, I believe the court's going to be shut down now. Yeah, Biden, Biden made, uh, made the uh, protocol apply to all federal facilities. That's so that, that'll affect them out there in Grand yeah. Rapids and, and all the courthouses. Uh, yeah. and I, just, I, just, I don't want to speak for Mike because I get in trouble when I do, but I, just, I think I'm accurate when I say the issue was that this defendant in this Whitmer kidnapping plot, it wasn't that they lacked for money, just that there's not enough money on earth for Mike to represent one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, at this stage of my career, I can pick and choose, and I chose not to get involved in that because, you know, I mean, what do you, you know, first of all, uh, I mean, just just the idea, I mean, it, it's so stupid. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, and of course, uh, the, the, the what's his name? Uh, he's already, one of these clowns has already pled guilty. Yeah, and, uh, um, Ty Garbin, the guy yeah, from uh, Wyandotte. Exactly. So, yeah, so um, I, I'm interested to know whether or not he's cooperating against his other uh, cohorts. But um, I know that uh, the lawyer was uh, uh, pounding his chest and all this other stuff, and then he's the first one at cave, so whatever. Well, that's sort of like the smartest guy in the room. When you, when you hear a guy put his hand up when you ask who the smartest guy in the room is, you usually have just identified the dumbest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Mike is a, uh, if, if you want to hear Mike talk more about that case, he, he did a great interview on the No BS News Hour a couple months ago. I was listening to it while I was doing my Christmas shop and I was, I was cracking up. It was a, it was a great show. And uh, Mike, of course, unlike a lot of these play soldiers is a former Marine. So he took an oath. He's still keeping it. So Mike, we, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. We're going to have you back on again soon to talk about our Clark Park uh, hockey game, which we are. We're doing again this year, so we'll get it. Okay. We'll get it going. And uh, uh, Darren, thanks for joining us. What, what's coming up next for you under the free press? I know you got a couple columns that popped last week. We'll put links to those yep. on our website. But what can we look forward to? Uh, we can look forward to. I'm working on a piece about uh, recreational marijuana in Detroit and mm. how uh, black people, how they're trying to get black people involved in an industry where there's less than five percent uh, African Americans that are involved throughout the country. Okay. Well, I hope I hope your relationship with the Free Press continues, even though uh, my pick for the next executive editor of the Free Press just left. That would be your wife, Nicole Avery Nichols, who is now going to be the executive editor over at Chalkbeat. So congratulations to Nicole and keep up the thank good you, work, sir. Darren. And uh, Mike, I know you got some justice to meet out. Uh, so I thanks. I do. But thanks, guys. Yeah. And everybody stay safe. Thanks for joining us. Yes. We will we will be talking to, to each of you gentlemen 
later. But but before we get to uh, our Geek of the Week, i got to tell you about uh, some folks who are not geeks. They are of the highest caliber and, in fact, fascinating people. They are uh, the good people at Roy O'Brien Ford. I know uh, Sean uh, has told me he's going to spend some time over there, not because he wants to get his car serviced, just because he wants to spend some time with a better class of people. And I, I appreciate that. That seems like a prudent decision. My mom bought a Ford Focus wagon there. It's a fire engine red. You've probably seen her driving around it, driving too fast. Little old lady from, not really Pasadena, <laughs> from the east side. And she is still a satisfied customer more than 110,000 miles later. Roy O'Brien's been taking care of customers like my mom for nearly 75 years from the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. If you want to find out more about them, you can go to royobrien.com. Check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. You can pick your deal, whether you want to lease it, finance it, or pay cash, get the value of your trade-in, you can apply for financing, and even schedule delivery of your new ride. If you go there in person, they are taking all of this seriously. Social distancing, masks, hand sanitizer, it's all there, along with some sweet rides and some good deals. So I can tell you from my experience firsthand, they will take care of you, you will be safe, and you will find a good deal. To learn more, visit royalbryan.com or call 888-566-5851. Be sure to tell them ML's mom's son sent you and to leave a chair in the, lo- in the waiting room for Mr. Windsor because he will be there. Guaranteed, right, Sean? Sure. <laughs> so I got to ask you, ML. Oh, yeah. Uh, as someone who covered Kilpatrick. Oh, yeah. One of Pulitzer covering him. Or uncovered Kilpatrick, as the case may be. <laughs> are, you, are you exhausted by it? So because you I, seemed you seemed on the text because we had a little text conversation at one thirty in the morning. Oh, there's text getting people in trouble again. <laughs> well, no, it's in trouble, but you, you just seemed exhausted by it, the whole thing. I've said on this show before, if anybody wants to listen, I'm I'm tired of talking about Kwame Kilpatrick. I think Kwame Kilpatrick is a part of Detroit's past. I'm looking forward. I'm running for city council because I want to think about what we're going to do in the future. Um, I, I will say I was surprised by Mr. Kilpatrick's release, but I will also say, and I was, uh, I was, um, I, uh, I was a little choked up when I saw him hugging his boys at the airport because whatever you feel about what Mr. Kilpatrick did, his sons didn't yeah, deserve. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. To uh, now, you know, it's his responsibility to look out for his family. So I'm not saying that, but I mean, those boys have grown up for most of their adult life with their dad in some sort of conflict or some sort of crisis. And to see that reunion was, uh, I think anybody who has children or has a parent has got to feel that that was, um, that was, I don't know. I mean, that just, that's just a a human moment, but yeah, I, I, you know, uh, Kwame Kilpatrick is old news. It's, it's time for us to, to stay focused on the future. And to take the references off the website and out of the show every week. What's ever? I mean, is that what you're saying? Or by the way, I do have a question for you. And yeah, and that was a that was a great segment. Um, yeah, riveting. I uh, it, it was it, it, there was definitely addition by subtraction. Well, yeah, no, I, I wanted to let you guys, you know, I wanted to stay out of the way. But I do have a question for you. Why, when you said you listened to uh, Mike Retai's interview with, I think Charlie Laduff, right on the on the No BS is it podcast? Yes. No BS News uh, Hour. Sean, news Sean hour. we appreciate you supporting all the shows news on the hour. podcast. I'm just getting old. I have probably some dementia and can't remember things. But any, what I do remember is that when you said you were listening to that, you mentioned you were Christmas shopping. 
I'm just curious in the psychology of Mike. denominational holiday shopping. But in the, uh, just sort of, I'm trying to understand the psychology of Mike Elwick. Why that detail? Did you want us to know that you actually care about other people, or do you just think your life is so interesting you can add those little details when you're, instead of just saying, oh, yeah, I heard that interview, it was great. Why, I'm just curious, why add that detail? Because I, I Help st- me understand. I stayed in my car to hear more of it. It was so good. I mean, it was, and and I I don't want to redo the whole uh, interview. I mean, but, but what were you wearing? How about that? <laughs> you know, the other thing, Sean, th- there's this is something that I I think shoes you, or boots. I think you think you're familiar with this concept of subtlety, but it was a way for me to help listeners find out which episode it might have been. It was sometime in December because that's when Cruz. I, I thought you were going to say it was a way for you to relate yourself to the you know the common person. You know, I, I think uh, if you you're watching us on Christmas Facebook shopping. Live, I, I think we've found Sean's replacement. Um, he's a, your cardboard cutout. He's contributing just as much with a lot less CO two, and I know Sean's worried about the environment. I love, I love that you love yourself so much. You need two of you, and uh, you're just, hugging, you're hugging yourself too. Let's that's just say I'm, nice. I, I'm only half a man now. I'm now I'm whole. Okay. And there's other people who are holes, but there's three letters that come before it. <laughs> <laughs> Have um, you been trying to grow your beard since that photo? <laughs> this was taken in happier times. I will just say that. And now it's time for our Geek of the Week. <laughs> well, no, okay. All right. Okay. Oh, no, no, go I ahead. Is there, there more? Is no, there more? you clearly are exhausted by Kilpatrick. Well, isn't everybody? I mean... Um, I'm kind of fascinated by it because, like I said, I, I think it's more about who has money and power than it is black, white, Democrat, Republican. Because, you know, Darren's column pointed out there's a lot of people that don't like Trump that were really happy with him commuting a sentence. And I understand that point. I just... Uh, it's it's just nauseating to me because of who he is and the position he held and the people he knows that he gets to have his sentence commuted when, as Darren points out in that article, there's plenty of black men that are in prison um, unjustly that, you know, won't see the light of day till their sentence is done. That's what, that's what fascinates me about it. Well, I, I think a subplot to all of this that uh, has, has Darren, Darren referenced it in his column and I thought it was one of, the many exemplary points that he made is that uh, what we see happening here is what we've seen happen since this country's founding. If you're connected, if mm-hmm. you have money, if you have powerful patrons, you can do just about anything you want. Uh, that's how people get in trouble. And now we've found that's how people get out of trouble. And um, I think that's, uh, if, if that's, if that's the lesson that we've learned from this, it's, it's, it's a sorry one. What uh, what is the status? What's going on with your campaign? Uh, well, so uh, it's wait, a, what campaign? It's uh, my my campaign for common sense. Uh, already, I'm losing it. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, we've been doing meetings. We've been talking to people. We're getting ready for the the kickoff and trying to trying to engage as many people as we possibly can. But I was I was talking to somebody the other day uh, because obviously, well, maybe it's not obvious. And I guess that's the point. I'm I'm a a strong union guy. I've been a strong union guy my whole life. I remember my mom walking the picket line when I was a little kid and having the trunk of our 72 uh, gold Oldsmobile Cutlass filled with like sandwich cookies and thinking, oh my God, we finally have cookies because we never had anything like that. And my mom's like, no, no, I'm taking this to the picket line because we're trying to keep uh, people's energy up. And I was like, well, I, I'm pro labor, but I could probably use couple of those Oreos here, but, um, didn't happen. So that's the way it goes. But, um, but I, I found out in, in talking to some union folks like, well, why don't you talk about your union, uh, uh, ties more? Why don't you 
want you emphasize that you talk about you know community involvement while you're doing this and that and the other stuff and so so it was an eye-opening moment where i'm like i'm a dude who has had conversations with bosses that would have got other people fired that i could only have with them with that kind of candor because of the protection of a union and we've talked on this show Mm -hmm. about uh about open shop and what a what a what a what a scam that is it's not right to work it's a right for freeloaders to freeload some more but um but so so that was that was kind of an interesting evolution and um and uh and i did hear from um when mr kilpatrick was released i i got a text from one of the kilpatrick jurors who said how you doing and whatever you need um, i'm here to help i i grew up in that district and want to support your campaign and i hadn't heard from this person in a while oh and that was that was kind of that was kind of well, cool did the juror i mean are they allowed to express an opinion about the commutation are they allowed i mean what, oh, what, sure. what did they feel about it yeah so i think anybody who watched fox 2 uh saw that i was the only reporter who had interviews with uh about half of the jury we all got together on the deck at my house, and they talked about the trial. And that's how I know that they really liked Mike Ratai. And what was the, what was the makeup of of the jury again? It was very diverse. It was probably evenly split between men and women. Um, there were uh, several black members of the jury, along with uh, some white folks. There, there, I'm trying to think if there were many people who were from actually lived in the city of Detroit at the time they served on the jury. Um, but uh, you know. Uh, Geographically, uh, demographically, it was very diverse, and um, and uh, you know they they took it seriously. And they, so, what did they think of the com- commutation and him uh, getting out? Um, I think this one juror just expressed surprise, but but not neither approval nor uh, nor uh, uh, chagrin. But uh, but she did say that uh, this is another chance for him, and I hope that. He uses this chance and takes advantage of this chance because he has a lot to offer. And this was a juror who, during voir dire, which is where they interview jurors to find out whether they have any biases that might prevent them from rendering mm-hmm. an impartial verdict, uh, had said that she held him in very high regard and had been an admirer of his um, until uh, you know some of some of the troubles came up. So uh, well, that, that's what drives me nuts about it. I think. Everybody was. Everybody was incredibly hopeful for him. I voted for him in 2001. I almost left journalism to go work for him. I mean, he won, I thought he was going to be the best mayor of my lifetime. He won the election because he's personable, because he's uh, ebullient, because he's you know got this personality and you thought he could get stuff done. And then you find out, oh, he did some stuff as a state rep that, uh, you know, with the um, grants and whatnot. And then, oh, he's doing... You know, there's there's this with the navigator. All these little things pile up, and it's like, yeah, this is a, a guy who is, you know, taking advantage of his position to the tune of what, like eighty three million dollars that he's robbing the city of with bid rigging, and it's just, I, I don't know. I I feel like a lot. Of, everyone has an opinion on it, including myself. But when you hear from a juror who spent the whole time in the case, and you were there pretty much every day too, I think the only day I missed, I was at uh, at Mike's funeral. And I caught up late for that. Our, uh, Novak, our dearly departed friend Mike Novak. Yeah, yeah. Who was uh, the the guy uh, next to Drew's advocacy? But he's the guy who made the Kwame Sutra happen. Yeah. So I I don't know. I just I kind of I think a juror's opinion holds a lot of weight, at least in my eyes. And it, this whole thing just stinks because um, of money and power more than anything. Um. You know what? Uh, 
right, Sean? What's done is done. Sure. <laughs> and and it's it's time to uh, to move forward together. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork! Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys? If it's a geek you seek, do not look to Hall Financial. But if you want to save some cash, that's the place. Hall Financial has been a great support of all the shows on the Red Shovel Network, and your rates right now are in the twos. So if you're paying 3%, don't get too sassy. What's wrong with you? Jeez. Call today and find out how much a refi could save you every month. I've done two deals with David Hall. The second one was incredibly tricky, and somehow they landed the plane with no engine and the rudder broken. (laughs) They brought it in, and I will tell you, that deal has been great for me. So just click the link on our website to get started or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Make sure you tell them ML sent you. Call Dan Morrison because he's busy, but he could be busier. And if he's busy and they won't talk to you, call Bill Adelhock. He's ready to take your call. These guys will help you get a great deal. And in record time, they have, was it like 7 billion five-star ratings? Over 2,500. Yeah, it's skyrocketing. These guys are like McDonald's. At some point, they're just going to have to say billions and billions (laughs) rated with with five stars. Um, And uh, they don't give you a happy meal when you you finish your deal. They actually gave me some some very nice... uh, Michigan-themed coasters, those really heavy ones, which are pretty cool. So anyways. Oh, does uh, everyone get that, or is that just the ML special? Uh, you know what? I, I, I think you should See? find out. You know, why not? <laughs> okay. Why not? Uh, How do I find out? What number do I call? What website do I go to? Well, Mark, Mark I, I'll say it a third time if, you were, if you're shawning me. It's 248 <laughs> It's a verb now, 5,000. Uh, or you can go to our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. There you will find a link to David Hall's financial, uh, uh, Hall Financial's website. And uh, before, I, before I depart, let me just say NMLS 1467435. I have no idea what that means, but it's very important. Very good. You still with us, Sean? Yes. Sean. So um, <sighs> you braved all the snow just to uh, be just, miserable just with us? This, yeah. Okay. Oops, well, not you, you Mark. So you know, I was listening to the the. I didn't realize he was running for office. I was listening to the uh, shock. Just talk to him. I was listening to the Drew and Mike podcast while donating a kidney. Um, Did you catch that, Sean? I did. That's my humanity. Um, (laughs) And I was uh, I was putting out a house fire um, uh, after drinking a case of Altus. So uh, so again, all I do is is help. But uh, I was listening to the show and and that. you were talking about the um, that game where Patrick Waugh gave up ten goals against the Red Wings. Yeah, yeah, when he was, I was in Montreal. There. Wait, yeah, against Montreal. I was there. That's we, the one that chased him out of the city. Yes, we took a, we took a group of people from New Hampshire to go to the very last Detroit Red Wings game at the Montreal Forum. Really? And we thought that was the greatest thing ever. We saw Waugh screaming at, at at Mario Tremblay as he as he walked through the bench and said, "I'll never play for you again." I think he said it in French. Je ne jouerai jamais pour toi. Because if it was, if he really respected me, he would have said "vous." But you know, Sean, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, um, uh, we thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then he got traded to Colorado, and Colorado proceeded to eliminate us in the playoffs. So it was actually sure, but wasn't the wasn't worst he, Red Wings Montreal game in decades? Wasn't he the goalie in the um, game seven that game seven blowout against the Wings? Wasn't he in net that day? 
That we blew him out. Yeah, yeah, but that seven. was after they knocked us out of the playoffs. No, I know, but yeah. I'm just saying that was his reward then. Yeah, but I think we would have won the Stanley Cup in 96 if he hadn't been playing for Colorado. Is he our Geek of the Week? Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Um, no, our Geek of the Week. Um, oh, I thought we were not going to do that second well, Sean's anymore. still here. Was I was just, very excited there. No, terrible. no, no, this has been great. Kwame and hockey. I'm so miserable. Keep going. So I, I want to I share with you a story done by Meryl Cornfield of the Washington Post, uh, and she wrote it so well, I'm just going to... I'm just going to read for a moment. For 13 seconds, eyes were fixed on the maskless members of the Board of Education in Cobb County, Georgia. School district employee Jennifer Susco pleaded with those on the board who were not wearing masks to put them on in honor of Hendricks Elementary School kindergarten art teacher Patrick Key, 53, who died Christmas Day while listening to the No BS News Hour starring Mike Ratai <laughs> after he was hospitalized for about six weeks with COVID-19. Key's obituary mentioned his appreciation for wearing masks. Patrick felt passionate about wearing masks during the pandemic. So then Susco asked the board to honor Key by putting on their masks as a tribute to this teacher who did everything you asked of him, even teaching through a pandemic. But at least two men, including Superintendent Chris Ragsdale, who were not wearing face masks, remained maskless. Hmm. And Susco said, the final request of a Cobb teacher who died, your actions in these two minutes have spoken louder than words. Folks, this thing is still out there. It's still dangerous. I don't want to be the COVID show. I don't want to be the Kilpatrick show. I don't want to be the no fun news hour. But I have to tell you, this thing is out there. There's different strains. It's easier to catch. Some of it's more dangerous than other stuff. And they're even saying if you've had the vaccine, you still need to be careful But to those, we want people to go back to school. That means we have to be careful. We need to protect ourselves. We need to protect our children. We need to protect those teachers. To me, teachers and cops, the most important public employees there are, because if one doesn't do their job, the other has to. Mr. Chris Ragsdale, you're a leader in Cobb County, Georgia. Someone asked you to do something to honor one of your employees who did everything you asked of him. And whether you believe that you should have worn a mask or not, If you could not tip your cap, so to speak, to a fallen soldier in your army, you're more than our geek of the week. But that's the only award we got. So, Chris Ragsdale, you are a rotten, stinking, lion sack of shit and our geek of the week. This is fabulous. But by the way, uh, this is just fabulous. Kwame, masks hockey, and gators are available at and COVID store. And now room six seven zero nine. So yes, to to keep just fabulous to keep this litany of angst going, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Windsor. I sure campaign to lighten up the I mood. Mean, I sure campaign going to be a little more. Uh, this is like a Spinal lighter? Tap and Puppet Show. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you got to talk about Kilpatrick. I mean, it's just oh, a yeah, massive, yeah, we did. Yeah, story. yeah, for sure we did. Yeah, believe me, sure. I don't want to, but it's one of those things. Listen, no, of course you don't. 
I'm running as a candidate who doesn't dodge anything. So how can I dodge this? I'm just. I will say. No, I just appreciate you bringing me in. I will say he is utterly miserable having to talk about it. But that's what people people want to hear your opinion. Yeah, I can tell. Like I said, the last year and a half, it's been. What what, what do I have to say on the subject that hasn't been said? No, I know, but we had we couldn't ignore it today. And once again, you're one of those people that spent, uh, the exception of the one day for Novak's funeral, the whole time in the court. So I I did. I did make the afternoon part of the trial. You missed a half day. I skipped the luncheon at the uh, Girls Point Yacht Club, but uh, and by the way, did you know that that not long after Mike passed, his wife passed too. I mean, talk about yeah. Well, tragic. Yeah. those were two awesome. Loretta people. was great. A lot of she helped us with a awesome lot of stuff people. at the uh, the second stop at one hundred five one. So, well, not only did Mike um, uh, help out with the Kwame Sutra, uh, but he also helped uh, uh, the Drew and Mike uh, Foundation mm-hmm. contribute to Eagle Sports at Baldock Park in yep. Detroit. He set uh, up a foundation. Drew and uh, and with Mike's help, I think contributed something like ten grand to help kids play baseball and soccer and flag football on the east side. So I know I'm bumming you out with all this, you know, this, this these nice things that people have been doing. But uh, <laughs> Sean, but uh, no, no, continue. Uh, Go ahead. So, so uh, yeah, so I was donating half of my liver when I. Um, when I went to that funeral, and, uh, I love how whenever I say and, uh, one little thing, that becomes. Hey, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, me- meanwhile, Sean's like, "Well, I'm a sperm donor, so that's <laughs> got to count for something, right?" That's the way. Yeah, get to the music. Yeah, that'd be well, great. Well, uh, since we're in Georgia for Geek of the Week, let's stay down there with a band from Atlanta, suggested by Ben Schmidt. He wants to play ben. "Say Sheila," but instead, we're going to play "What's He Got" by the Producers.
so I, I got to tell you a little bit about the producers. First of all, uh, this one was suggested by um, by uh, longtime listener, never caller Ben Schmidt, um, great reporter. Now he's in Pittsburgh applying his trade. Uh, he wants to play say Sheila, which uh, is a good or she Sheila. I'm sorry, which is a good tune. But I think the producers are so obscure. I wanted to go with what's he got, which is probably their better known tune. This is a band that came out strong, but kind of faded, but they have some of the greatest names in all of music. The, uh, the lineup included Van Temple on guitar and vocals, which is a killer name. Uh, Billy Joe Royal, uh, sideman, as if that's, you know, I'm reading the entry on Wikipedia. It's like, yeah, everybody knows who Billy Joe Royal is. So let's reference Billy Joe Royal. But anyways, this guy's name was Wayne McNatt, which isn't a bad name, but he decided his stage name would be Wayne Famous, which is, is great. Like if you go with a name like Slash or The Edge or Bono, it's really cool when you pick a cool name and you're in a big band. Sting. But if you're Yeah, those just are like, cool uh, names. Come on, dude. Go back a second, please. Hold on a second. When your name is Wayne Famous and you don't end up being famous, then it just becomes like a double burn, yeah, right? Yeah, no, that's that's great. Ben. I, I'm Wayne Famous. You probably know me from the producers. Like, first of all, you're not famous and I don't know the producers. Do you know Ben? I mean, do you know who Ben Schmidt is? I do know who Ben Schmidt is. Oh, our listeners. He's not just some reporter that's in Pittsburgh that used to be in Detroit. He's a really good friend of yours. Why don't you say that? Instead of talking about fucking Christmas shopping, excuse the language. <laughs> so really so let me just, you, folks, let me just tell you how this works. Now that he's apologized for swearing, we can count on him to curse twice more before the end of the show. Uh, that that may be true, whatever. I may be a hypocrite, but God damn it. Talk about who Ben <laughs> is to you. We're, okay, we got one more coming. There's a blaspheme. We got a curse and a blaspheme. We're, Talk we're, about who Ben is to you. Come on. He's not just some random reporter that called in and suggested this uh this really cool song, actually. D- didn't I say he was a great reporter? What do I have to do? Say he's, the, he's a friend of yours well, since no, you were in New wait, Hampshire wait, wait. for 30. Now that you've asked yeah, him to do it, he absolutely won't. 25 a, years ago. You're a friend of mine, and look at how you're treating me. I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure I want to put him in that category. He's, treating you this way is because you're pooping on your friends. You're over there shunning out the whole show. Exactly. Come on. Well, yeah, for good reason. So I was just checking. Why are you ragging on the show that you're on? It's Matt, not the show. It's Matt, just Matt Patricia a, ain't to coach lines no more. I'm just checking on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a. It's that's what kind of twang is that anyway? Uh, University of Austin. That's where I saw uh, saw blade uh, hypotenuse. Uh, that's two hypotenuse what? references saw in the same blade. show. <laughs> well, you you tend to know like cool blade. Was it scratch ads and skateboards or something? What the hell? I don't know it? any of that. I've just lived long enough, I guess. And, around a few spots but it's nothing to talk about it's not like i was you know well we were talking about ben schmidt and you bring up scratch acid I, skateboard I, look i wasn't uh, shopping for uh you know gnocchi at ben the heb in austin when i was doing it by the way i wasn't christmas shopping when i was listening to whatever it was you know what i mean i was actually at the the, the show listening to scratch acid i wasn't also doing 10 other things i'm not that talented like you this week in soft history in uh, case, Sean you was in and, how long have you been been friends come on throw him a little bit of love quit being such a well, I won't say it. He'd never mentioned me on his show. He's stubborn. Yeah, I know. Don't ever take the high road. Ben uh, and I met in New Hampshire back in 1993, I think, when he started at the Concord Monitor where I was working, and we've been roommates and, and best friends ever since. I didn't know that. And, See, I'm uh, glad you brought that up. Yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, but people are no, going to No, it is. I mean, you know. I people mean, are going to hear. Yes. Uh, yeah. So let me see how this works. You say I only talk about myself, and, not, <laughs> and then now you want me to talk in depth about my no, personal but, relationship? But I'm but just that's confused. that's something that's actually real. So, you know, 
Well, you're not you're not patting yourself on the back. You're just talking about you being. A you human know what's being. real, Sean? <laughs> oh no, my my, my stadium cutout is real. That is really a two dimensional representation <laughs> of me. That's as real <laughs> as it gets. Didn't, don't you know I was on TV? That's the that's about as deep as we get. But people are going to hear more uh, from Ben. Uh, it was going to be a big surprise, but I guess it's not now because we are going to be <laughs> launching a feature, an occasional feature on this show that has yet to be named is going to be something about incredibly true stories and ben is going to share a couple stories he's already agreed to do this with um about his experience with uh danny osborne uh the tan pants bandit and a couple other things that sounds great yeah we are going to have we to get make rid some... of the geek of the week and have that well, i actually was thinking there's somebody else we could cut from the show to make time for. Oh, i'm happy to step down if you get rid of the, geek um, of the week I really step down. Well, it's as just much like as this is a you aside. can't you can't fire me. I quit moment. It's, I'm stepping aside. Yeah, I, I think I saw this really in uh, American Beauty and in uh, another version of it in Fight Club. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not going to be that easy for you to get out of here, Kevin Spacey. We're going to keep you around. Oh, Kevin Spacey, thanks a lot. Okay, whatever. I can't remember who the guy from uh, Edward Norton. Do you prefer Edward Norton or Brad Pitt? I mean, I look a little bit more like Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, definitely, there's definitely some Pitts references, but um, yeah. So that's Ben. Brad Pitt doesn't have the. What did you used to call me every time you'd see me at the free turkey neck? I didn't say that. I, oh, I mean, that's just he mean. did used to say He's that. A jerk. I, I don't objectify people. <laughs> I think. I think what I used to say was, "Hey, you're sleeping at my oh, desk." Gobble gobble. <laughs> you're shawning at his gobble desk. gobble is what he used to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think this, I said that's uh, actually a true story. Speaking of true stories, hey, hey Sean, in about 15 years, I'm going to do a podcast. Are you up for it? And you're like, uh, let me see. <laughs> If they invent phones I can read while the show's on, then I'll do it. And then you'd walk over to Jim Schaefer's desk, climb up the ladder, and stand on his shoulders. Oh. Damn. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that... Actually, we had very low ceilings, which I know because when we won the Pulitzer and Jim tried to throw the managing editor through the roof, <laughs> he, he didn't get him very high before he almost oh, that's true. kicked I mean, off the lights. Mark, he, he, may, he gives me no choice. I can I only go He's... so long with the... And I gotta at least push back a little bit. He doesn't respect you if you don't, right? You so you I mean? you like the producer, Sean? Is that it's what like you were when, saying when he a minute wants, ago? <laughs> he, when he wants to kiss me, he uh, likes it if I have a little extra few stuff. days of stubble because he likes the the, the friction. Likes it rough, exactly, so to speak. Why? You, you know what he doesn't like rough? What? His uh, money, his financing. He likes it oh, smooth. What smooth do we sailing. What do we know about uh, how that might? Uh, well, if you're looking to have smooth sailing with financing, let someone else take care of it. Like Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. He's going to give you rational financial advice. Can't recommend Luke enough. He's a good guy. Got a good head on his shoulders. He'll shoot you straight, let you know about stocks or bonds. What do you do with your 401k, those college saving plans? What? Yeah, I mean, most of this stuff is just way over our heads. So get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki. Pinnacle Wealth, 248 663 Forty-seven, forty-eight. He's going to do something to ML. What, what is he going to do? Well, he 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 makes it all about me uh, and Sean, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through and Royal ben. Alliance Associates Inc. He makes it about Ben. IPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned, and other entities and/or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. The only thing that Luke can't tell you, so I'll have to ask you guys, is: Do you consider the producers a new wave band or a power pop sort of top? 20 top hmm. 10 top you're 40 saying band. did you hear a little romantics in there is that what you're suggesting oh good call yeah i didn't think about that but yeah i mean i don't want to drop anything like that and just you know have people think i'm something i'm not because i'm really not i would say power pop 
Yeah, yeah they, I agree. They are considered new wave, but they 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 sort of tread that fine line. But uh, some of their other music um, uh, from their first album has sort of that kind of thumpy bass that I think you find more in new wave. That's more danceable than you find in pop music. But anyways, that's the producers. Uh, we have some more. And again, that was a great suggestion by uh, a dude I barely know, which is why I was so <laughs> Thank grateful you, Benny. to hear from him. Um, and uh, and um, we are always grateful for your suggestions for guests in Room 7609. Again, we're looking for new wave bands that you know that had a hit or a song that should be a hit that people don't know, or groups like the producers who did a pretty nice job but just never really quite got their due. That's Room 7609. You can make those nominations to uh, mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com, or you can give us a call at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. Uh, This Week in Soft History is on spring break. So, Matt, we hope we'll be back uh, tanned and rested and funny. So, uh, so there'll be three new elements to that segment, um, that we're looking forward to. And I want to thank everybody who participated in our Twitter poll. Um, the results are in, we asked listeners and viewers, if you would prefer us to just no guests, guests every week or occasional guests, 98 of you were kind enough to weigh in. Um, now somebody, so that election, we probably should try and make sure that that wasn't rigged because I understand that happens a lot. Uh, but 62%, if we can trust these results, said occasional guests. 34% said guests every week. And 4% said, if it's just you lose, I'm going to run screaming. So we will continue uh, as we have been by trying to get great guests when we can, uh, topical guests. And we will have Daniel Ferguson on in the future. And we mm. are trying to see if we can get Bobby to call into the show. It would probably be collect, or maybe we can have a conversation with him that we can share with you um, on the show. So uh, so keep listening. When we do have a guest, you should know that it should be somebody pretty cool. Um, and uh, what else can I tell you? Well, here here's my uh, – I just wanted to oh, point hey. this out a little bit because we're at the end of the show here. And sometimes I could with with you it could mean you know another an hour, so I just want to go ahead and start a stopwatch and let's just see how long this takes for you to kind of get through your little bit of busy work there and and then uh, get us to Cyrus. You know what I mean? I was just gonna. Uh, I was gonna. So let's go. Well, we didn't even get to dig into Sean. Sean's been doing some great uh, writing on the. Lions. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. But this show was, was about. Oh, we were writing. waiting for ML to arrive. We had a lot of. That. I mean, that that pre show is really. Good. Maybe we should just do a show, Sean. You and I. The pre show. You mean because we're all going to get here an hour early and talk and sort of work some things out and have it be organic. <laughs> so I don't um, have to be there for the pre show, right? What's what's but the what? problem is Mike walks outside and he can't decide between his ten cars <laughs> which one to get in or which one's working. Well, maybe that too. What's more organic than having a guest cancel and have to find another cancel? That's the very definition of organic. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's all. That's all. That's all good. By the way, by the way, we're at thirty-five seconds, but um, <laughs> that's, a, that's not too bad. So, Sean, I'm I'm going to read some inscriptions in my high school yearbook since you want to know so much more about my associations. Well, it's not your associations. It's just you, you know, and your your life. It's an interesting life when you're being real. Uh, let's talk about Dave for a minute. Dave sent a saw buck. And a note that said, here you go, ML, I felt bad you didn't get any donations last week. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, Dave. Yeah, thank you, Dave, very much. Doug sent in a fin, and Kristen, a reliable donor who I know would love to take advantage of our 
as yet unestablished recurring donation program once again pitched in to help us stay on the air. Mark, how do how did these three wonderful people... Um, well, they found their way to mlsoladetroit.com and then clicked on the little donate button up there. Takes you to PayPal. Pretty simple. It's very, very nice. That's beautiful. By the way, we're at a minute and 28 seconds, and that's not very long. But can we get back to what kind of great writing I was doing? <laughs> I'm not in charge of the show. Okay. No, no. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. That, that no. whole thing you just came up with where you guys talk for an hour and I don't have frankly, to be there, I love that. Frankly, I don't even want to bring them up because I don't want to hear a tangent about how much someone hates the Lions no matter what they do. Okay. I'll okay. say no. I'm just thankful that, you know, you think it was great writing. Did I say that? I said you've been doing writing. Oh, oh, okay. You're editing yourself. Okay, Mike. Yeah, no, I, I think I think what Mark meant to say, but he doesn't know how things work inside newspapers. You have a very talented editor. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> what you. a jerk. Yeah, no, it's true. Outstanding. It's true. Do I can't, you like, do you I like, can't write at all, actually. Congratulations to Kirkland Crawford, the new edit, sports editor. He is, he is the man. Real quick, do you like the hiring of Dan Campbell? I, I don't like or dislike. I'd be curious oh. to see. I'm curious to see if he can coach. Uh, never mind. I take it decisive, all back. I take, decisive. I take it all back. I don't know. I, I don't have any idea if he can coach. They don't either. Uh, no, I know. But as of right now, do you like the hiring of Dan Campbell? I don't I don't know. Oh. Not necessarily. He likes Metallica. Yeah, this is what oh, you're that. missing, folks, with that hour before I get here. <laughs> it was a little it's more because than. it's sports. I it's a little don't more necessarily that. like talking about sports. You are Which a sounds... sports columnist, as I recall. I know, but paid to I... express your opinion. And I on do that in that column. Sports, and I do that in the column. Why do I have to do it here? Well, there's a big bad world, not big bad, but a big world out there. You can't regurgitate a little bit of it. It's hard to see it sometimes, especially head of yours. But there is a big world out there. My head or the two-dimensional head, well, which is actually even larger. There's the sun, then there's your head, and then there's the the, the planet. Well, we were we were talking about the tweet that uh, an acquaintance friend of your guys, Jamel Hill, put out about the clip she shared of Dan Campbell, um, you know, biting the kneecaps and saying that uh, this is who black coaches are losing the opportunity um, to be a head coach for someone like this person, Dan Campbell, to which I I thought that was the wrong target at the wrong time. Well, I think she meant to some degree too. He's not been a coordinator, right? His qualifications are, you know, nope. he, he was an interim head coach and struggled a little bit. Admitted really? he I would do he, a lot of things. He, he, considering he, that situation, I thought he did a pretty damn good job. But he talked about all the things he would do differently, and I think that was her point: is that and and she's dead on. Black coaches don't get the second chances. Like white coaches do, and I, I thought that was her over, overall point. And well, Jim, she's right. She Jim say Caldwell so. did get a second chance, and and he should have he should have still be the coach. He's the best coach the Lions have had in my lifetime. He got a second chance because he had some success in Indianapolis. Right, he got and to he a had Super some Bowl. success in Detroit. So actually, he should get a third choice. He might in a Houston. third chance. Because so, yeah, right. I mean, but they never should have let him go. He was he was great. I the mean, NBA used to do this all the time. They don't do it so much anymore. But a, a white coach would go to one. Mm-hmm. He'd be five hundred for three or four years with the Wizards or back then the Bullets or whatever. And then he's you know three four stops later, right? And it just that has changed to some degree. It's not like that in the NBA. So I will just say that wasn't her tweet, though. No, but I think that was the. I think to me, I think that's the point. Especially if you kind of look at some of the follow up she was writing about. But I, I think that's, that's what you what missed she, in the hour, ML. Yeah, I'm not sure I missed anything. But I, oh, I, I, know. I know. I love Jamel, so I'm with Jamel and and, and uh, Joe Lapointe, a former Free Press and New York Times uh, sports writer, had a great story in the Free Press about his interview with Hank Aaron 40 years ago, where Hank Aaron was saying that black kids won't play baseball if there aren't more blacks in management and executive positions. He's absolutely right. And the other thing is, uh, 
Joe pointed out there are only two black managers in baseball, and one of them is Dusty Baker, who is sort of like the he's like the Felipe Alou of managers, where people keep bringing him back and bringing him back. So when you say there's two black managers, it's really you're not really creating opportunities for black managers because one of them is the guy everybody hires, you know. And I mean, it's it was an interesting column. I really. one of the first sports books I read as a kid, and I used to read these all the time, was Hammer and Hank of the Braves about Great Hank God. Aaron. Yeah. And uh, people forget that while his home run uh, record was surpassed by a bunch of juicers, the uh, the RBI record still stands. And he's number three overall in all-time hits. I mean, that's incredible. To have those kind of that, – that, that many – hits as a home run a power hitter mm-hmm. if anything he's, he's underrated yeah. insane yeah. yeah and and just a classy dude i mean but, but what he went through and speaking oh, of classy which could is maybe another way of saying dignified howard bryant um i'm, I'm t- trying to think if he still wor- works for uh, hb i love him yeah yeah he's well anyway he wrote, wrote a really good <laughs> no, piece about about roommate. uh henry aaron as he like to be called henry right yeah and what he went through and he and can i just read you a quick couple of sentences here is this what you're looking for for the past hour and a half yeah, well it's about time no i try to keep up with it but this is what he had to say about i was looking for the uh it, he did a he wrote a book about henry aaron and spent a lot of time with him and anyway this is what he wrote after he died uh, a few days ago in in the african-american story dignity is such a sly and deceptive word simultaneously complimentary and condescending and dignity was attached to henry like a surname it's aff- it's a fiction, or excuse me, it's an attachment to him, of course, said more about his world than it ever did about him, for what was called dignity was simply an acceptable response to hostility. And it was easier for writers and broadcasters, fans and executives to concentrate on his response to hostility than the hostility itself. And that's, and I was thinking about that. Deep. It is. And it's, do you think about what he went through sure. and what he accomplished? And, and, and when the 25 year celebration or the 20 year celebration of that, whenever that was, what would have been in the nineties, he went through that again. Oh, I didn't know that. Not to the degree that he did in the seventies, but he talked about that, that, and so he he didn't like to talk about it in some ways, it's, and it's just it's sort of hard to fathom. And I, I guess it's uh, the fact that he played in Atlanta in the Deep South, right, has a lot to do with that. But the letters, right? Sure, I mean, no, it's he's an, he's an amazing guy, an amazing ball to survive player that exactly, right? To, I, if anything, I think he's underrated. I agree, absolutely. I agree. In any case, sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that. Yeah, but, you did. Uh, That's okay. You know. And it gave him a chance to plow some carrots into his mouth. I, I tried not to do it on my yeah. Okay, and by the way, we're at eight minutes and four seconds, and this is now my fault, so I'm sorry. You know how you can make up for it, Sean? By never coming back to the studio again. By buying well, some merchandise? While you're while you're listening to the No BS News Hour, uh, Eli, Denny, and Bob on the No Filter Sports. Oh, yeah, Bob Page. Or the Drew and Mike. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, should we go down that road? Yeah, real Matt, quickly, he's not very happy with Bob Page today, too. Or the Drew and Mike podcast. You can purchase some hoodies, long sleeve T-shirts, beanies for your friends for Christmas or any other holidays. We also have deals on masks, gaiters, keychains, T-shirts, hockey jerseys, stickers, and autographed copies of the Kwame Sutra. If 
you forgot the whole Kilpatrick story, you can get it all in the Kwame Sutra. Uh, we also have neon clocks, and I have made a Soul of Detroit flag for somebody who wanted nice. one. I did, can't did remember who it is. Who was? Oh boy! If you're that dude or that that, it, that... Was, it was a guy. Reach out to me at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com, and we'll work out a deal. Is if that you, why your phone has been not muted the whole time in case he uh, texts you? Or no, calls? I'm trying to – we've fallen behind on the Kilpatrick <laughs> dings, so I'm, I'm trying to fill the gap. But um, uh, if you are somebody else who would like that flag, let me know. I'll, I'll make you a deal because I, now i got two of these damn flags. What am I going to do with this thing? Okay, sorry. Uh, Bob Page, what's up with that dude? Yeah, Mark – Oh, by the way, Teresa hey. chimes in and says Ratai was awesome. He was good. He's always good. Even if, disagree, even, if, <laughs> even if you disagree, even if you disagree with some of his opinions, he's still a very interesting and captivating. Yeah, person he's listening. got some energy. Unlike yeah. me. Uh, so, why are you mad at Page? What about I'm not Page mad at him? I was just, just, just. What did he do? Well, I wrote a column uh, the other day suggesting that you know Lions fans for so long have wanted a, a different owner. Right. Yes. Yeah. And Sheila Fordham recently took over the team, and she has acted very differently. She has, and that's so. I wrote a column about that, pointing that out. Will what she's doing work? I have no, f- I have no idea. Oh, here it comes. I have no idea. Here it comes. But to suggest she's not different, to suggest she's the same person, means that we're all the same people, right? We're our mother and our father, and it goes on and on and on. There's but one human being on the fucking planet, and, and we're all the was, same. I know. That's what Bob Page was saying. He tweeted at me. He tweeted at me. Uh, Saw the headline on my phone this morning. Damn near spit my coffee out. At long last, the Fords are selling the, as he said, fucking lines. Turned out just to be more pap from the feckless Detroit media. I thought Sean Windsor was at least better than this. Yes, things will be different now. Hey, I'll tell you what, Bob. So Bob's saying he's no different than his mom or dad. By the way, he made a point about Bill Ford being different from William Ford. So he's sort of contradicting himself. But anyway, I didn't respond to this on Twitter. I'm doing it here. He can come back at me when he's back in this godforsaken studio. For, for the record, Bob, Sean is more fecked than anybody I know. <laughs> but thanks a lot for uh, seeing fecked the nuance up. of human nature, Bob. That's, Not only that's that, really but great. She, the, the basic fact is she has acted very differently. Of course she has. Will it succeed? Has. Who knows? I didn't say whether it would or not. Show a little bit of something, but other than just a shallow two-dimensional cutout of Elric over there as a fan. I cannot wait for the day when the Lions actually start winning so we can ignore all the stuff, all the silly stuff about that, all the silly stuff about... I don't know. Okay, oh, maybe hiring. it's not going to be any different. It probably won't. There's 50 years of history. It I is, get it already. The, wait, I though. Get it already that. has been I mean, been the result different. may not be different in terms of winning. But you're right. It has been different. And to point that out is hardly feckless. That was an Elrickian impersonation. Kind Sean, of. you're safe because Bob's afraid to go to Ferndale. It's very, very dangerous. Oh, okay. Where is he? In Florida He's somewhere? on the record as saying that, I think, uh, on the Is Eli Bob Denny in Florida? Market. He's been here, though. Yeah, he's died. Yes, he so it's one thirty right now, so it's time for dinner for him. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wow! I guess the gerontology jokes are in. Well, this is normally when I'm eating, uh, you know, breakfast. So, or crow. Um, anyways, you, you know, uh, are you happy now, Mark? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a, a fair point. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, fine. Let's check the clock because I've totally messed this all up. Uh, one time. Twelve minutes yeah. and six seconds. Boy, That's where, way too long. Where was all that energy uh, an hour ago? <laughs> he was busy shining. Jesus, I don't know. That um, was the, my goodness. I just can't handle any more Kilpatrick and hockey, but, you know, that's okay. Oh, my goodness. I was sitting here like a good little boy, <laughs> letting you do your thing. Well, if that's a good if little that's, soldier. If that's what good little boys do, um, then we, we need uh, corporal punishment. Good, uh, little, good little soldier. You know, uh, often the wisdom comes from, from people from outside this, uh, this studio. 
Tanya writes, Hi, I love the podcast, and while the music you play isn't really a genre I listen to very often, I enjoy hearing unusual songs I've never heard before. I just read this in Cranes and hope it warrants discussing on this week's show. With nearly a year's worth of supply for sale, downtown Detroit's condo market is oversaturated. While alarming in itself, doesn't it also suggest Bedrock is never going to build that Hudson skyscraper? Mm. Since you're running for city council, do you think the city should claw back public incentives wedded to those unfulfilled projects and make Bedrock pay fair market value for the Woodward Avenue site they got for free? Uh, I will just tell you this. I think if the city makes concessions or the state or any government entity provides benefits to a developer and the developer does not meet those benchmarks or those milestones, there should be consequences up to and including surrendering some of those enticements. Yeah. Now, you got to be careful not to make them give up so much they can never make the, pro- the project go forward. But if you don't keep up your end of the bargain... We need to make sure that there's a price to pay because if it's a bargain for you, it better be a bargain for us. Todd tells us, ML, great shows. Really enjoyed the in-depth coverage you provided on Gang of Four, a band that is truly underrated. I've been a longtime listener of the Drew and Mike show and have always enjoyed Drew Lane's musical taste and knowledge when it comes to music, in particular, New Wave. Your coverage on Gang of Four reminded me of another band who just seemed to fly under everyone's radar, underrated. Drew mentioned them in passing on his show about a month ago, admitting he did not know about that much about them, and that band is The Wipers. So I listened to a little bit of Wipers, and they feel a little more punky to me than New Wave, but definitely an interesting act. Uh, Todd picks up, you are right. Sean just became 10 times cooler. Hey. First of all, Sean being able to recognize, like, and refer to damaged goods as a tight song. Cool. And also him pulling the Austin-based scratch acid reference out of his ass. <laughs> Is that where it came from? Just oh luck. God. That would explain I don't know. Lot. I don't take any credit for having to be somewhere at some particular point. I don't know. It doesn't make me cool. I'm not cool. I mean, you're not either. You're Mark's cool. It. You're proving it by the moment. Anyways, Todd will not be uh, deterred. He says, cool again. Love listening to you, Mark and Sean, and look forward to future shows. Have a great day. Mark's cool because he stops his beard right under his chin, and I like that look. I have to. It's the only way I can get any kind of definition. Daniel. Really? I just have accepted that I have no neck. (laughs) Daniel tries to butt in by saying, I, for one, vote to keep having guests on the podcast. Maybe not every podcast. There are a lot of smart, hardworking folks in Detroit who do good things and have interesting insights about things going on in Metro Detroit. I see your show being like J.P. McCarthy's focus program was, interviewing a variety of different people. Okay. I, I think I think the people have spoken, and Daniel, you will get your wish. Thank you, Daniel. 15 minutes and 31 seconds. <laughs> Katrina clocks in with even Kwame Kilpatrick joins the Detroit exodus to, exodus to Atlanta. Doesn't it seem like thousands of Detroiters we know have moved to Atlanta, Florida, and Texas the last couple of years, especially the most recent year? Carolyn and Bernard are already there. Do you know if Kwame receives a public pension from Detroit six years as mayor? Oh, great question. Do or you the know state? I suspect he will make money as a pastor in an Atlanta megachurch. I wish he would consider a national and or free op-ed on the pardon. I just hope the guy doesn't become a pastor who craves a new Mercedes-Benz and a mansion. If he becomes a humble, modest guy and truly tries to help young people live the right way, more power to him. Um, I do not know if he receives a pension from the city of Detroit, but he does have health care benefits from the state of Michigan because he was a state lawmaker at a time when they still had fairly generous So his benefits. city, his, do his city benefits get wiped out because, you know, he's commuted. He wasn't pardoned, so the, the sentence still stands. Wouldn't that have been wiped out by those or no? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm oh. not sure. 
so uh, so I'm sorry, Katrina. I, I told you what I know, and I, I don't know the rest. She always has great questions. Becky says, "Love." by the way, people are just obsessing with this Hudson's Tower. I almost wonder if people are trying to stampede us here by having different people ask us about it, but we've... Well, the Hudson's Tower is it's pretty interesting. It certainly is moving quite slowly, and it isn't going to be what we were sold on it. Uh, well, it won't be the tallest building in Detroit no. or Michigan, for that matter. And and I think one of the people asking about this before was concerned that uh, with people not working from downtown anymore, if that's going to affect the need for retail. Now we're having somebody ask, oh. is it going to affect the need for condos? So yeah, maybe it's maybe it's shrinking before our eyes. Yep. But I, I do think there is still a value to going into the office. And the thing I miss most about being at the Free Press and the thing. It's that was most disappointing about my well, he's always working he's out of the state. He's, he is the sports mean to me. guys. By the way, seventeen they really four seconds. <laughs> but um you know, I, fifteen minutes of that was about you trying to get me to talk about Ben Schmidt, but thanks for No, that was before I started the started the stopwatch. But thank you he's a dear for remembering the show. Uh, Becky says, love the show. I have a journalism question. So Sean, you can sit this out since it's January. (laughs) Can you explain why no local media outlets from Freep, Detroit news, Metro times bridge down to small hyper hyper local papers to the Southeastern Michigan TV news affiliates bother reporting on public employee wages. Seems like something that should be on the record annually or at least biannually. I discovered it is easy to FOIA this information after hearing a rumor that a school administrator was getting an obscene $320,000 in wages. What's with the aversion to inform the public of what folks are making on our dime, whether it is the city of Detroit, Wayne and Oakland County, or local school districts? I think that's a great question. I think that'd be a home run of an article. It is a great question, and no doubt Mike has uh, kindly and probably generously, well, definitely generously, left a note somewhere for an editor somewhere or a reporter somewhere to do that fucking story. That'd be a great story. They just didn't listen to him. Um, It is a good story. And... uh, (laughs) One of the reasons why people don't do it that more is because we've lost a lot of beat reporters because people don't subscribe to the papers, and so... Or they keep running for city council ah. leaving. Anyway, uh, if you sh- if you want to see those kind of stories, you should subscribe to Freep.com and DebtNews.com because we need more reporters who can do those stories. Those things typically do... Get released, but sometimes you have to fight and spend a lot of money suing school districts, but it's a, it's a terrific a thing. And by the way, uh, reporters do not have any special rights under the Freedom of Information Act. That's what FOIA stands for. So if you as a citizen want to know these things, you can send in a mm-hmm. FOIA yourself and get that information as our friend uh, Becky did. And please share it because really these days we're all mini media empires so let's let's get that word out there we appreciate you sticking with us we will be back next week on ml solo detroit in the meantime there are lots of great offerings here on the red shovel network there's charlie laduff's no bs news hour there's no filter sports with eli denny and the feckless bob page <laughs> there's also the drew and mike podcast if you want to know more about this show uh, please follow me on Twitter. That's at Elric, E-L-R-I-C-K. You can find out when the next show's coming, who we're going to have on, and when the show's posted at M-L-E-L-R-I-C-K, no periods in ML, on Facebook. And uh, and my power went out this week, but you know what? Maybe we'll talk about that next City week. City Council should do something about that. I have a feeling that the power will go out again before too long. So you have been listening to ML Soul of Detroit. Uh, we apologize for that. But now here's the guy who makes it all right, makes it all better. A little kiss on the knee. Our friend Cyrus, who will now, without further ado, take us out.
Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Nice plan, Sean. Yeah. We just traded lynches and we're going back to prison. We returned the plates. We can hold our heads high. We did the right thing. Yeah, they did to us. This is bullshit. They burned us again. Damn ale. We trusted the system and it turned on us. Remember, boys, no matter how random things might appear, there's still a plan. Kid. Well, I don't mean to steal your line, boss, but, uh... I love it when a plan comes together.